Good afternoon. Whoa. Good afternoon, everybody. Welcome to Nashville Life. For those of you who are here for the first time, I'm Alvin. I'm lead pastor here at the church. Uh, I'm not the only pastor. We've got our founding pastors, obviously, Pastor Alvin and CC. They're amazing. We've got Pastor Rich Holmes from Connection Church in Pikeville, Kentucky, here with us. And then you guys, he's no stranger to this place, but our glo uh, global pastor of Cornerstone Church Nashville, Maury Davis. Uh, I didn't know they were coming. They just came to be at church. So I'm so glad you're here. I'm honored. Um, we got some things to talk about. There's a lot happening, a lot of good things happening. Uh, the church is growing, and with growth comes growing pains. It comes change. And we've got a change that's happened um, internally with our staff. And it involves an amazing man, friend named Dewan Hill. I want to ask him to come down. All right. Just letting you guys know. Dewan is moving on from the church staff, full-time church staff. Notice I said staff, not church. Staff. So it's, it's still a change. It still hurts, but it's not as great of a hurt as if he was leaving the church. But um, he, he's, he's moving on. Uh, so many amazing things are happening in this man's life. He just produced CC's album, Believe For It. Not to mention tons of other songs that he's writing for not only Nashville Life Music, but other artists. And I just believe this is going to be a very positive step, not only for, for our church, but for, for, for Dewan and his family. And I just want us to make sure that we, we lift him up in prayer. And I wanted him to have time to address you guys because, I mean, Dewan's been here. He's the longest, besides my dad, he's the longest standing staff member at this church. Um, he was on staff before me. And, and he's been so faithful, and I'll talk more after he's done, but I just want him to be able to address you guys because Dewan's the man, and here he is. Thank you, Pastor Alvin. Thank you. I love you all so much. I love this church very much. I love founding pastors Alvin and Cece. I love lead pastor Alvin. Um, yeah, I, I am so many emotions standing here. Um, sadness, I am sad, but I'm also excited about what God is doing. And um, for my family and I, we do believe that God is in this. We believe that he's leading us to um, a lot of awesome things that are coming. Um, I want to emphasize again that I'm still a member of the church. I love National Life. I'm still here. Um, my heart and my desire is to serve this church. And I really believe National Life is going into the best season that we've ever been in. And uh, seeing the worship team lead today and watching production and creative do all their things today, it's it's refreshing to me to know that this department is in good hands. This church is in good hands with Lee Pastor Alvin. And, uh, you know, we'll probably take a, a little break just to pray and figure out what God wants to do with, uh, with Laura and my kids, Tobin and Nyla. Uh, but God willing, you'll see me back on stage. Hopefully, if y'all have me sing and play a little bit, <laughs> they'll think about it. I love you guys. I'm here to serve this church. I love God with all of my heart, Laura and I. Our desire is to serve the Lord. I love the founding pastors. Thank you all for letting me serve these past few years. And uh, I just want to let you all know I love you. Um, you know, they said this in the department meeting, too, that it's good to know. Oh, you're going to say it? Okay. You... 
This is scandal-free, moral failure-free, no drama, no strife, no broken hearts. When I say I haven't heard an ill word from this man in 16 years, uh, I've heard, I mean, he's, he's an amazing man, full of integrity. Full and, uh, and, and all the way through. I mean, honestly, Marcus too. But I mean, the Hill brothers have just been growing up in college. I used to say, man, I feel like y'all turned out exactly the way y'all mom wanted y'all to turn out. Like, they are just the most respectful, the most, I mean, just amazing men. So just so you know, this is purely a professional shift. This has nothing to do with anything else, in case anybody's wondering, because obviously people wonder. But I just want to clear that up. You know, this, is, this is a positive step, full of honor. Dwan is moving forward with so much honor, so much, his reputation is spotless. So, and it's going to remain that, because that's who he is, and that's who's living in him. So, yeah. All right. Love you, brother. Let's thank this man. Let's thank God for this man. Laura and Tobin and Nyla, it's amazing. So, be, be praying for them, y'all. This is, this is obviously a change um, for us, but even a bigger change for them. So just be praying for, for, for God's wisdom and uh, that God releases his very, very best. In fact, let's just pray now. Father, we thank you for the hills. Lord, we pray a blessing over Dewan and Laura and the kids. Lord, we pray your very, very best over their lives. We already know. I mean, the favor of God is all over them. The testimonies have been endless uh, for years with, with this family. So there's no question that you've got them, Lord. And I just pray, Lord, that you increase them. You increase uh, the favor in their lives, the influence. And uh, I just bless them, not only uh, professionally and financially, Lord, but even ministerially, Lord, and just the reach that you have for them, Lord. We just, we know it's going to be great. So we thank you in advance. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. All right, y'all. Uh, let's get into the, the word. Uh, we are going to uh, do our pre-word, I guess, declaration or our prayer. So repeat this after me if you can. The word of God is the bread of life. May my heart conceive it and my life achieve it. The more I give life, the more I'll receive. The more I live life, the more I'll believe. In the name of Jesus, amen. Okay, cool. Um, we are in the series called Actually. It's the series for the month of April. We're calling it actually, and we're taking fundamental words, and we're describing and teaching from the word of God what they actually mean. Now, the human language is really tricky these days. There's a lot of words that we're using in one way that is not the original way it was meant to be used. And I mean, we're at a time now where even literally doesn't mean literally anymore. It's, 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 a, it's very confusing. And, it, and in a world where language gets kind of distorted and turned around, we can get confused. And I believe that we have a, a confused generation, a uh, confused society, and maybe even there's some confusion in the church. So I want to help teach so we can look at the words so we can see what, what things actually mean. Easter Sunday was the first one, and we talked about life. 
what life actually means, how life is more than just biological existence. Uh, life, according to scripture, comes exclusively and specifically from the spirit of God. So if you don't have the spirit of God, Jesus made the bold claim that you don't have life, which was really uh, bold for him to say, and it didn't go over that well. Um, we know how the story ended, but we also know how the story ended because he was crucified, but then he was raised from the dead because Jesus, Jesus really brought truth. And when you don't have truth, you don't know how to recognize it. And that was the next week we talked about truth last week and how truth is really an identity more than it is uh, information. Jesus is truth. Truth is a person. And uh, in a world where truth has become synonymous with opinions, uh, it can get very uh, blurry on what truth is. But uh, God is very clear that truth is absolute and it's actually a person. And I said that it was more of an identity than it was information, but information is also involved. So I was planning on talking on something else this week, but after last week, I think we need to stay on the truth topic. And we're going to do truth actually part two. Part two, because there's more that I want to uncover. Last week, we talked a lot about uh, lies and how a lie is something that is less than the truth. It's something that is not true. But um, again, with language and the way connotations are, the word lie kind of has a, a deliberate connotation to it, almost as if you're you know, doing it on purpose, um, when technically a lie is something that's not true. And there's a lot of things that we say that turn out not to be true that neither one of us, including myself, would call it a lie. For instance, you know, I'll meet you at lunch at 7 o'clock. But then traffic comes and unexpected things happen. I get there at 7.07. .07. Technically, what I said did not happen. I said 7 o'clock. I was there at 7.07. .07. But at the same time, our... Our world, we don't call that lies. There's very few people that would say, you lied to me because you're seven minutes late. We would just say, things happen. And that's a general understanding that all of us sort of have in our culture. Things happen. And, and it's, there's an allowance for it. There's an allowance for it in our world. But, but if you really think about it, things that we say, often because things happen, turn out not to be what we said we would do. Um, this happened a lot in 2020. Uh, COVID-19 really helped us uh, to understand this concept. There were a lot of commitments that were made during 2020 that because things happened, they changed. There were entire weddings that were changed, and there were commitments that were made, travel plans, and I'm going to do this. And a lot of people said they were going to do things, but because of COVID or because I tested positive or because of my friend tested positive or my roommate, plans change. And again, we, we understand it because things happen, but if you think about it, there's a lot of things that we say that aren't necessarily, uh, that don't play out the way we said that it was going to happen. Um, I'm going to talk about disappointment for a second because that's essentially what happens. We make an appointment, and when your expectation isn't, um, the important expectation isn't met, that's where disappointment comes, up, comes from. Probably the earliest disappointments that we can think of is when we're kids, and uh, our parents said we were going to take us somewhere, we were going to go to some store after work, or Saturday we were going to the park, and, and things happened. So circumstances came where that wasn't able to play out. And when a child is young, before they're able to grow and truly understand that things happen, it can really challenge a kid's perspective 
um, an understanding of the power of your word. Um, kids aren't always, kids don't, kids don't start off understanding, oh, he got caught in traffic, or oh, his boss put another assignment on him. They just think he said he was gonna do it and it didn't happen. And if that happens repeatedly over time, depending on the situation, about time someone's an adult, about time we're of age, the value of a word has really diminished. It's really deteriorated and we get to the point to where it's difficult to trust people's words because all of the times in the past where something was said and whether it was a logical reason or not, it didn't happen. So after so many, after so many disappointments, people begin to lose hope in a person's word. Uh, people begin to lose hope in truth. There are people today right now that, you know, that's why I believe truth has become so relative because we struggle really embracing that there is an absolute truth. There is a such thing as a word that is kept regardless. I think a, a, a very relevant example of this in society is divorce. Um, divorce is uh, a major factor that I think has, has really challenged the weight of a word. Um, there are thousands, thousands upon thousands upon thousands of, of men and women who at one point verbally made a commitment to one another that said that only death would break this. And because of things happening, because of circumstances, because of differences, because of complications, because of betrayal, because of even logical reasons, uh, the vows break and the vows don't endure. And while the, the reasons are, are, are logical and understandable um, for those two people, the, the husband and the wife, if you multiply that by millions and millions in our country alone who have experienced the breaking of, 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 of a vow, it makes perfect sense that over time, even subconsciously, the value of a word has truly become uh, compromised. And there's a deteriorating of the weight of someone's word. And this is the society that we live in. This is the society that we are experiencing today. So as flawed and as complicated as truth has become amongst us, it's very important that we turn our eyes to what truth actually is. Truth actually is without any of these flaws that we deal with. It's without any of the complications. Truth actually is free from even the logical flaws that we accept amongst ourselves. Truth actually is not subjected to circumstances. It's not subjected to uh, traffic, unexpected sickness. Truth actually is is a no matter what happens sort of thing. No matter what happens, truth actually lives up to every detail of his word. And yes, I said his word. Let's go to Isaiah chapter 55, and we're gonna be introduced or reintroduced to a quality of truth that many of us have never even known. Isaiah 55 verse 11 says, so shall my word be that goes out from my mouth it shall not return to me empty, but it shall accomplish that which I purpose and shall succeed in the thing for which 
I sent it. The reason why I gave you this passage is because truth actually is God's word. God's word is like anyone is unlike anyone else's word. It's always successful. It never misses the mark. There are no breaches in God's word. Everything he says happens exactly the way he said it's going to happen when he says it's going to happen. And that's very foreign to us. That's very foreign to our realm of the definition of truth. But scripture says so clearly that God's ways are not like ours. And it's so important for, we to, for us to understand that because if we, if we subject God's reality to ours, we will serve a God who's no greater than us. We will serve a God who's just as vulnerable to circumstances as we are. God's ways are not like our ways. Everything he says happens the way he says is going to happen. We see this all through scripture, but the one I'm going to highlight is creation. The whole earth was built on the premise that everything that God says is. Everything that God says happens. Everything that he says is done. He says light, there's light. He says land, there's land. He says man, there's man. He says animals, there's animals. And the cool thing about God is we are made in his image. And you see in scripture that he actually shares this quality with us when he gives Adam the job to speak the names of the animals. So he shares this ability to run out Adam, who's made in the image of God. Whatever word he said an animal was, that's what it was. And I love that about God, that he actually shares this ability with human beings for us to speak, and it is so. Even after creation, everything God says was going to happen. He said, Adam and Eve, if you eat of this tree, you will surely die. And then the serpent came with the logic of God didn't really mean it. Just in case you guys realize, really don't realize, the originator of the logic, God didn't really mean what he said, came from the serpent. It came from the devil. So if, if, if you're at a point, because this happens a lot when we read scripture, I'm just going to give you a tip. Just remember that the originator of that idea, of, I know God said it, but he didn't really mean it. That came from the enemy. So if ever you're at that point, let's say you're reading scripture, let's say you're hearing that God said something in the word that doesn't really sit well with you, I'd rather you just say, hey, I don't fully understand that yet. You know, I'm still figuring it out. Don't try to avoid putting yourself in the judgment seat of discrediting something that God said in his word just because you don't fully understand it. Please beware of that seat. You do not want to be in the seat where you're telling God what, what he really meant. <laughs> That's where you go, God's ways are not like ours. This is beyond my understanding, and I'm still figuring it out. But we've got 21-year-olds, say, for six months, and just automatically, God didn't mean that. Watch out, guys. Humble yourselves. Watch out. You don't want to be in that seat. Another thing that God promised, when, uh, when Adam and Eve ate of the forbidden fruit and he was cursing the serpent, he said, God said in Genesis 3, 15, 
I will put enmity between you and the woman and between your offspring and her offspring. He shall bruise your head and you shall bruise his heel. The offspring of the woman that God was talking about was Jesus. And when Jesus uh, died on the cross, when he rose from the grave, the crucifixion was that bruise in his heel. But I don't know if you guys realize it, but a bruise to your head is way more severe than a bruise to your heel. So even though, and I love God's word, he was speaking it. Even though Satan was going to bruise the heel, he, he was going to hurt. He was going to hurt Jesus, but Jesus was going to bruise his head. And though the crucifixion was a rough suffering, it's nothing compared to the suffering that the devil is going to have at the victory of Jesus. So, so, so it's, a, it's a wonderful prophecy, and it's amazing to see that something that was spoken that long ago, I mean, we're talking about the book of Genesis, still played out to be true. Every word that comes from God's mouth, regardless of how long it takes, it will happen. Which brings me to my next point, and that is time. Time is something very important to talk about when we're, when we're understanding the truth of God's word. What makes most of us doubt God's word is time. We, we let time discredit the truth of God's word. Guys, time is only related to God's word when he specifies the time. So, for instance, if I say I'm going to call you tomorrow, in order for my word to be true, I've got to call you tomorrow. If I say I'm going to call you later, technically, technically, I could call you six years from now and I still told the truth. <laughs> technically. God specifies time during some of his word and sometimes he doesn't. For instance, the son of man will raise in three days. As you guessed it, three days, the son of man rose. Because he specified the time. But when Jesus says, I'm coming back, he didn't specify the day nor the hour. The most he gave us was soon, and soon is a subjective term. He's been soon for a while. And it's been such a while to where the word goes as far to explain why. Let's go to 2 Peter chapter 3, verse 9. The Lord isn't really being slow about his promise, as some people think. No, he is being patient for your sake. He does not want anyone to be destroyed, but he wants everyone to repent. Soon is a subjective term, and God has been stretching soon, not because he's stuck in traffic, not because there was a roadblock and he had to take a detour. It's because he doesn't want to come back while we're still in our sin. He doesn't want us to come back. He doesn't want to come back while we're still unrepented. It's, his page, it's for our sake that he's, that he's stretching this. And, and even Jesus said, the, it's, the, it's up to the Father. And honestly, I believe it was, if it was... Wasn't for the Bible says Jesus is interceding for us this very second. I actually think that Jesus' intercession for us is very similar to Moses' intercession with the Israelites. Like between God and the Israelites. Like saying, give them more time. Basically, show mercy. Jesus is going, give them more time. 
Give him more time. But the, Jesus makes it very clear that once the father makes up his mind, it's it. Because father's like, I'm, I'm enjoying your intercession, Jesus. I understand your heart for them. At the same time, it's time. And when he comes, no one has time anymore. The time is up. Why? Not because he's mean. Not because he doesn't want more people to repent. But God cannot be mocked. Every word that he says has to be true. So if he says Jesus is coming back, it has to happen. Because God's word is true and nothing, no traffic jam, no unexpected uh, opportunity, nothing's going to stop his word from being fulfilled. And I think, guys, if we really think about it, we should, we should appreciate this. I mean, we should, in a world where the word the human word has become so distorted, so devalued to where, for some people, it means nothing. I mean, some of us, words mean nothing because of all that we've been through. And I think it's important for us to learn to appreciate that there is someone still in this world today, in 2020, 2021, 21, who, whose word stands. Guys, what he says, it's going to happen. It's going to happen just the way he says it's going to happen. So if he says, I love you, he loves you. He does. I kind of want to talk to us for a second here because I want to speak to a, a hunger that I believe is in all of us. I think it's fascinating that despite anyone's religious beliefs or spiritual beliefs, we long for this trait to be a person of our word. And we long for it in ourselves and we long for it in others. No matter what religion you are, no matter what you believe, you can be the most foul individual, and you still desire for people to mean what they say. I mean, you can be a, a bank robber, and if you've got a team of people who are robbing the bank with you, if someone says they're gonna show up at 11 so we can go rob the bank, you're hoping that they're at 11. Like, this is not a Christian-specific thing. Human beings, we want to make sure that people are gonna be reliable. Loyalty is something that's even treasured amongst Gang members, like loyalty is an honesty and, and integrity. These are universal things. Name a company that doesn't want a reliable employee. Name an employee that doesn't want an employer that says they're going to give them the raise when they say they're going to give them the raise. I mean, this is not a Christian-specific thing. Human beings, we have, a long, we have a longing. We long for our trust I believe humanity longs for their trust and words to be restored. Even people who don't believe in marriage are still impressed when they hear someone has been married for 30, 40, 50 years. Because for someone to be married that long, that means people actually keep their word. And it blows them away. Even if they don't believe in marriage, it's like, whoa. You don't hear that every day. You don't hear someone making a promise and keeping it anymore. You don't hear someone fulfilling their obligations no matter what. You don't hear about that. I mean, you don't hear it a lot to the point to when it happens, it's almost like, wait, what? 
There's got to be a catch to this. This is, it's become so foreign in our world. And that's why it takes for us to be able to realize that Jesus is not like us. God the Father's ways are not like our ways. When he speaks, he means it. I want to speak to that hunger because I believe that we hunger for the truth. I believe people actually do hunger for the truth. They might question if the truth exists. But if it does exist, they want it. I believe that all of us were born in a state where we believed what people said. I think disappointment has to be taught. I think sons are born trusting that if dad says we're going to the park on Saturday, we're going to the park on Saturday. I believe that's the natural state of people. I believe that daughters are, are born believing that when a guy says I love you, that he loves you. I believe our, our natural state is to believe people when they say what they're going to say and they're going to do. But disappointment teaches us not to trust people's word. I believe that God wants to restore our ability to, to tell the truth, to know the truth, to trust the truth. And there's a few little practical advice uh, tidbits or tips that are in the word that um, I believe as spiritual as they are they're, they're, they're practical and I want to point out two of them in regards to us um, growing in our ability to speak the truth according to God God's standard not our standard James 4 13 through 15 the word says, come now, you who say, today or tomorrow, we will go into such and such a town and spend a year there and trade and make a profit. Yet you do not know what tomorrow will bring. What is your life? For you are a midst that appears for a little time and then vanishes. Instead, everyone say instead. instead. You ought to say, if the Lord wills. We will live and do this or that. Now, before I explain what that means, I don't want to explain what it does. It. I've taught before that things that God promises are yes and amen. So if God says he's returning, I believe in speaking God's word with boldness without any disclaimers. So if God's word says he's returning, I'm saying he's returning, not if he wills. Like he said he's coming. If he says you must repent, I'm saying you must repent, not if he wills. Because these are, these are absolutes. These are things that came from God's word. This passage is on the things that he hasn't promised you. For the things that God has promised you, don't add the conditional clause. If God's word says it, say it, period. If he has not promised it, however, a.k.a. tomorrow, which is not promised, the areas that he has not promised, give yourself a margin for if he wills. How can, if tomorrow's not promised to me, how can I promise you I'm going to do anything tomorrow? I believe in commitment, 
but it's like if the Lord wills, right? Even marriage. Marriage says basically as long as God allows us to live, these vows work. Like even the, there's, there's a, it's even built into marriage. I will love you forever until I die. <laughs> like if the Lord wills, as long as he's got breath in my body, I can commit to this. But when it gets to, I mean, I have no necessarily say so and when it's my time. So I love how that's even crafted into vows. So when it comes to things that God hasn't promised yet or things that God hasn't promised to you, just leave a nice little margin of error, a margin of, of change, variables. Because Lord willing, if the Lord wakes me up tomorrow, I'll see you at 3 o'clock. Now, I'm not saying we got to add that in everything we say, but you get my point. Like, you need to be careful because what happens is the, the opposite of that sets the stage for you to accidentally not tell the truth. And we're called to tell the truth because we are children of God who is truth. There's a second thing, another practical thing about the way we interact with each other. Matthew 5, 37. Let what you say be simply yes or no. More than this comes from evil. All right, to add on things to your word, to really confirm that you mean it, is essentially saying that what I'm saying to you is not enough. And the reason why that comes from evil, because God says what he says, and that's what it is. So God is teaching us to have value in the words that we say. God puts extreme value on his word. He doesn't have to put on a pinky swear. God doesn't have to do that. Because if he says he's going to do it, he's going to do it. God speaks and it is so. And he's trying to bring us up to his way of being. That's the whole point of following Jesus. We're being elevated to a new way of living, a new way of thinking, a new way of talking, a new way of raising our families, a new way of 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 loving our spouses, a new way of being friends with one another, a new way of, of being employed, a new way of starting businesses, a new way. Let your yes be yes. Let your no be no. Practice. If you're going to say it, say it. If you're gonna, and, and the thing about it is, what's so cool and so liberating about it is, if you, if you don't know, you can just say, I don't know. Are you going to be there tomorrow? I don't know. I don't know yet. That's okay. Trust me. For people who are banking on your word, they would rather I don't know yet than yes. Team members of Nashville Life. If you say yes, we plan on your yes, meaning something. We actually trust your word. And we make arrangements based off of your word. If you said, I'm not sure, we're not going to make plans that it's a yes because you said, I'm not sure. If you say no, we're not going to plan for you to be there because you said no. It's, 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 it's so simple that it's profound. Say what you're going to say. If it's, if, if it's maybe, you can say maybe. As a kid, I used to hate maybe, but it kept them from lying. As long as it's maybe, it's maybe. 
It's a safe space. I know that this is a tall order. I know that this is very different than the way that we even do things with amongst Christians, let alone outside the world. So I'm fully aware that without the help of God, this sort of living is impossible. Holding on to your commitments is nearly impossible without God. Letting circumstances still keep you grounded and rooted in the word that you were going to say. You can't get that from human strength. You just can't. You have to have the power of God. We need truth, actually. We need God's word. We have to meditate on this day and night. We have to acquaint ourselves with, with the spirit of God for us to be at a place of such honesty and integrity and reliability and responsibility. God's word maintains its stance forever. The Bible says heaven and earth will pass. Forget traffic. He said heaven could, and earth could disappear and my word still stands. Like there's no, there's no like, oh, but this happened or, you know, you say yes to one gig, musicians, and then another gig comes and offers you more money. And it's like, I, mean, I, got, I got babies to feed. Do you not believe that the God who tells you to honor your word isn't able to give you way more money with that gig God gave you? Like, the, when you, guys, we're talking about God here. Step out in faith. Step out in faith and trust that God's word is more important than anything else. And if he says, keep it, keep it. It's a new way, guys. I'm telling you, it's not like our way. I'm, I'm, I'm even feeling it in the room. I'm talking to y'all about something that some of y'all know nothing about. This is not your way. This is not my way. This is God's way. But we're at church, so it's kind of appropriate that we talk about God's way. I mean, what are we doing? If we're not here to change, what are we doing? If you want to just keep living like you live, why are you here? Go home. <laughs> Watch TV, take a nap. What's the point? We are here to change. We are here to change. If you want to be told that everything you do is perfect, call your grandma. Don't call God. He's not going to tell you that. He's not going to tell you everything you're doing is perfect. He's going to tell you this is where you need to change if you want to be like me. John chapter 8, last part. So Jesus said to the Jews, oh, sorry, verse 31 through 32. John 8, 31 through 32. So Jesus said to the Jews who had believed him, if you abide in my word, you are, I could cry, you are my true disciples. Oh, man. Guys, there's a condition to being a disciple of Jesus that I don't think many of us are, are considering. 
You're not just a disciple because you say you're a disciple. You're not just a disciple because you bought the t-shirt. He says if you abide, if you live in his word, you are truly my disciples and there's a benefit. You will know the truth. You won't just hear it. You'll know it. You'll know the truth, which is a first benefit, just knowing the truth. I mean, come on, in 2021, in a world where every opinion is truth, when truth can be custom built, I think it's a blessing just to even know truth. I think that could be a period and be happy. But then it says, and the truth will set you free. So not only will you know truth, but you will be free. Guys, the ways that we're living are actually binding us. They're, they're, they have, we have ourselves in handcuffs. We are the lies and the half-truths and the relative truths and the, the, the not living up to what we said we were going to do and not holding true to our word. Every time we do that, we're putting a shackle on our lives. Every time you say, I commit, and then you don't do it, that's another, that's another thing, part of you that's tied up. That's why I have to teach what I teach. That's why I have to teach the word. Because it's for your own benefit. Truth will set you free. Jesus is offering his word. And when I say his word, guys, I'm talking about the Bible. To abide in his word is to abide in his presence and in the Bible. Yes, I know it's just a book. Yes, I know that people wrote it. All scripture, all scripture is inspired by God and it is profitable for every area of your life. I'm telling you guys, I'm telling you, if you want to know the essence of something, you have to go to the source. And the first person recorded to say that what he said he didn't really mean was Satan himself. Guys, the sooner we can humble ourselves and embrace scripture as what it says, the closer we'll be to freedom. And yes, it's humbling. But you can't lose because scripture says that humility exalts you. You can't lose even the stuff that, I was going to use the word, even the stuff that you don't like or that hurts is still beneficial when you're doing it with God. The Bible will train us to be people of our word. If you want to be a person of your word, let the Bible train you. And even better than being a person of your word, the Bible trains you to be a person of his word. That's when you really get into something great. I know for some of you guys this is daunting. The idea of reading your Bible and changing your behavior, I understand that it seems a little daunting. The idea of, of someone else telling you what to do with your life. I get you might be sweating right now. You might be a little bit anxious. You might be itching. But it's okay. You're going to be all right. You're going to live. Not only will you live, but you will live abundantly. 
you take one step at a time, guys, when it comes to reading your word, when it comes to getting in God's presence, God is a shepherd. Jesus is a shepherd. He takes us step by step. And he's with us. He has the patience to be with us every step of the way. So if you're not used to reading your Bible, just take one step. We've got leaders here. We've got life group leaders here. We've got team members here that would love to help you. There's apps. There's devotionals. There's so many tools. Just take a small step. And then, if I can be so bold to ask you to do a second thing, and that is to not just read it, but make it a point to do what you do what it says. Don't just hear it. So some of you guys make changes for this week. The way you commit to things and the way, you know, it's okay to say, I don't know yet. Like, give me a second. I can't commit just yet. That's okay. It's okay to say no. I'd rather you say no than yes and not show up. I mean, that Jesus feels that way. He said, be hot or cold. Like, if you're not with me, just don't be with me. What he can't take is saying that you're with him and then you're ghosting him. Where? If you're not with him, don't be with him. If you're with him, let's be with him. I'm excited for us as a church because I believe that as more people take heed to what truth actually is, who he is, um, and, and really subject ourselves to, to him and to let him uh, change us and change our decisions and change the way we talk and the way we judge and the way that we uh, choose and decide things for our lives, the world will get a little bit lighter a little bit brighter, a little bit brighter. Every single person who decides to take heed to what I'm saying will be another uh, light in this world. And it sounds corny and cliche, but it's true. A church that's truly the church will light up the world. We will change the world. We will change the way people do things. All of you all who are saved today can remember the time probably where you were exposed to a different way of living. I remember when I was in Australia and I was around uh, a community of people in my church in Melbourne Life and the way they talked about God and the way they incorporated him in their daily decisions. I mean, I was exposed to a way of living that I didn't really know existed amongst my age group. I didn't know that you could be 23 and 22 and like own your, your faith and, and stand on it and be willing to, to die for it and expose something that I didn't know was possible. And since I was exposed to it, then I was able to catch it. And then I, then I made it my point to expose others to it. So this is that right now. I'm trying to expose us via the word of God to a new way of living, and if you allow it to, to reach your heart, when you go to work, and when you go home, and when you go to your neighborhoods, and when you go to the grocery store, you will expose others to a new way of living. And as simple as it is, that's how the kingdom of God grows. It's just about exposure. These people have to be exposed to something they didn't know was true.
that people could actually mean what they say and say what they mean. So I'm going to pray for us to receive this. I'm going to pray for us to walk in this because the world needs truth. The world needs to be free. And God wants to be people in this room to help him set the captives free. He wants to anoint us all to bring liberty to the captives. But you can't liberate people without truth because it's the truth that liberates people. So if you want to liberate people, you must walk in the truth. You must speak truth. You must never, if you weren't here last week, watch last week because I talk about the identity of truth. You've got to make sure you have the, the character of Christ as well. So again, these are, this is a lot, but it's, it's something that God has called us to. And he offers help. So let's pray and ask for help. I'm going to ask us all to stand if we can. Father, we pray to you, Lord. We thank you for your presence. We thank you for your word. We thank you for uh, challenging us and exposing us to uh, another way, a better way. A way where we can believe, well, first of all, know the truth to know the truth. Lord, I pray for, for any of us who are confused about what is true. Lord, we, hear, we are hearing so many things every day in our homes, in our own heads, in social media, on the news. We're hearing so many things, God. And I just pray, Lord, that you... Well, I thank you, Lord, for revealing us, revealing to us what truth is, and that's Jesus. Jesus, you are truth. You are the truth, the truth. There is no truth outside of you. Outside of you, it's only half-truths, and half-truth is not truth. Lord, we want the full truth. Lord, so we want you. Jesus, we ask you to, to, to flood our lives right now, to, to saturate our minds, to, to catch our attention. Lord, Holy Spirit, I ask for you to help us. Jesus says you are the helper, and we need help. We need this help in this day and age to, to stay committed to truth, to fight for truth, to stand for truth, to, to keep our minds on truth, to reject lies and, and continue to walk in truth. Holy Spirit, help us. We need it. We need help so bad. We need help. So we thank you for being our helper, and we, we invite you to help us. Give us the, the, the hunger for the word of God. Lord, I remember I prayed that prayer a long time ago, and I couldn't believe that it worked. I prayed for a hunger, and I had it. So, God, I pray on behalf of all of us a, a hunger for the word of God. Your word is truth. Father, we repent for speaking lies, for not uh, holding up our commitments, for being flaky, for uh, succumbing to the, the ways of the world where you don't really mean what you say and you don't really say what you mean. Lord, we repent. We ask for forgiveness. Thank you for saving us from a life of lies 
and delivering us into a place of truth. Lord, let it just, I pray, Lord, for all of us to just be sensitive, even this week as we speak, the things that we say. Lord, help us to remember James 4 and remember that there's certain things that we, we're not promised. Lord, so just help us. Help us, Lord. Yes, Lord. I think at this point, I would like to invite us to receive Jesus. If you, if you want truth, if you want to know the truth, if you want to tell the truth, if you want to live the truth, Jesus is that. So repeat this prayer after me. And according to the word of God, if you confess it, if you believe it in your heart, Jesus is Lord and that he rose from the grave. He will save you. And he tells the truth. So he can't lie. So we can pray this prayer in confidence that if God said it, it is so. So repeat this prayer after me. Say, Father, in the name of Jesus, I confess that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. I believe that he died on the cross for my sins and was raised from the dead on the third day. Forgive me of my sins. Make me a new person in Christ. Lord Jesus, I choose you to be the Lord of my life. Fill me with the Holy Spirit so I can live for you every day. In the name of Jesus, I pray. Amen. Let's celebrate salvation. Let's celebrate truth. Let's celebrate being delivered from lies and confusion. If you said yes to Jesus today, I'm going to invite you to let us know by texting yes to Jesus. Just send a text to 77411. And if you said yes to Jesus, we'll reply with some helpful information that will get you started on this walk following Jesus. Um, we love you, and we want to support you. We want to be there for you, and we are here. We are here, so let us know. If you'd like to get connected to the church and just learn more about us, text BELONG to the same number, uh, 77411, and we'll send you some information on how to get connected with us. The best way to get connected is to go to Next Steps. Next Step starts in uh, six minutes in room 104. So if you don't know where 104 is, just ask one of the team members and they'll direct you. But you get to meet the leadership. I'll be there. We'll talk about um, what it is to serve at Nashville Life. And you can just learn. You don't have to commit today. You can just come in here. So we would love for you to come. If you have any prayer requests, we're going to ask for our leaders who are assigned to pray to come down. Uh, if, you have, if you need prayer, if you have any needs after church is over, after we dismiss, you can come down and pray. You can also go to our website nashvillelifechurch.com slash prayer and our team will be ready to lift up and pray for whatever requests you have um, and then lastly if you wanted to give a physical offering uh, our finance team is right in the middle aisle so if you didn't give digitally and you want to give cash or check we are here to serve you um, but I'm just grateful for the word I'm grateful that you guys were able to hear it 
and I'm, I'm speaking in faith that, that in Jesus' name, there's going to be change that happens in your life. Change that happens in the way you think. Change that happens in the way you make decisions. And not only will you be blessed, but we'll be blessed because of it. And everybody that you know will be blessed. So let's pray. Father, I thank you for this time. I thank you for your presence. I thank you for the spirit of truth. I pray, Lord, for it to permeate our hearts. Lord, I pray, Lord, for it to protect, um, protect our lives. Lord, I pray, Lord, for it to set us free. Lord, I pray for uh, just freedom upon freedom upon freedom. Lord, I pray, Lord, that through our freedom, our loved ones are free. Lord, our, our friends and neighbors are free. Lord, because your truth is just that powerful. So I thank you for continuing the work that you've started in all of us. Bring us back next week um, at the appointed time, Lord, if you will. And uh, in the name of Jesus, we pray all of these things. Amen. Amen. Have a great rest of the day, y'all.